I'm Daniel, the Past Life Regressionist, and it's time to begin. This is Timeless Spirituality. Hey everyone, welcome back to Timeless Spirituality. It is time for the next entry in the Timeless Partnership series. For this week's episode, it is my appearance on the podcast, Cosmic Curiosities with L. Embers. This was a fun one. This was a new way for me to show up. And L has assured me that it went really well. And, and I do believe it went really well. But this was also a moment of massive reflection for me. Because before the podcast, I'm not going to put this one on L right now. By the way, L's a buddy of mine, so it's okay. Uh, she, she graciously <laughs> encouraged me to be unprofessional. I'll put it that way. And I, I accepted the invitation. I don't think I went completely overboard. But I, I went a little further than I should have. But still, that's on me. That is totally on me. And I had a lot of fun. I really did. But I'm grateful for the opportunity to see that, you know, sometimes some things are just not necessary. And that's what I'm choosing to take away from this. I had a lot of fun. And it was a great learning experience. So I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. And, uh, I mean, I think you guys know what comes next, right? So dun, dun, dun. With that said, if you would like to book a regression with me to discover who, when, and where you have been throughout time, you can reach me on Instagram at the Past Life Regressionist or my website, thepastliferegressionist.com. And now, it's time to begin. Fellow time travelers. Your journey through time. Oh, <laughs> oh! I'm sorry, I couldn't do it. Hi, guys. I'm L. Embers, and I'm so honored to be a part of the Timeless Partnership series. Today's episode comes at you from my podcast, Cosmic Curiosities, and this episode was so much fun to record with Daniel, and I had such a blast. I know you will too. So. I hope you enjoy. I'm Elle Embers, and this is Cosmic Curiosities. Hi guys, and welcome back to Cosmic Curiosities. This week's episode was a lot of fun to record. And the topic? It is a bit overdue, because today we're talking about past life regression. And I'm joined by my close friend and mentor, Daniel the Past Life Regressionist. Daniel is a QHHT and BQH practitioner. 
He is also the host of the podcast, Timeless Spirituality. And while we did have a lot of fun recording today's episode, after listening back, we were a little worried that some things may be misconstrued. So both myself and Daniel just wanted to clarify that no practitioners were harmed in the making of this episode. (laughs) But no, in all seriousness... We would like to clarify that we mean no disrespect to any male or female practitioners in the industry. We truly value and appreciate all practitioners and are grateful for all the good things they're doing in the world. So now that I've cleared that up, if you have found your way here from Timeless Spirituality, this may be a side of Daniel that you're not quite familiar with, but this side of D really is my favorite and I can honestly say I would not be where I am today without him. So I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. So what are you guys waiting for? Go grab your flux capacitors and get ready for a journey through time and space to one of our more lighthearted episodes. And just to really seal the deal here, I think in the words of Daniel, it's time to begin. Hey, Daniel. Hey, Al. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thanks so much for being here. Wow, you played that one off beautifully. It's just so natural. I told Al I was going to, well, I guess my words, I'm going to fuck with you the entire time we do this. So that's why I led with that voice. That's my Aquarius voice. Trust me, I'm used to the Aquarius. My my eldest, he is an Aquarius sun, moon, and rising. So It's a good rising sign. I can deal. Nah, I'm, okay, in all seriousness, I'm really, really excited to be here. So thank you so much for having me. <laughs> you say you want to fuck with me, but I kind of want to fuck with you as well. So... Okay. Are you ready for your first question? Yeah. What's your favorite I mean, song yeah. about time and why? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> My favorite song about time is Drive by Incubus. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. Because the chorus to me is all about, there's always something bright around the corner. Because the chorus goes, whatever tomorrow brings, I'll be there with open arms and open eyes. So even if you're having a really bad day, there's always something new tomorrow. I like it. Even though, you know, it doesn't have time in the title. Who cares? <laughs> oh, did it have to have time in the title? No, I'm just taking the piss. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, favorite color, food, and animal? Go. Blue. Yeah, it's a toss-up between pizza and frozen yogurt. I'm going to have to go frozen yogurt on this one. Yeah. Toppings or no toppings? Not toppings. Sometimes. Well, I don't get too adventurous with toppings. I like cookie dough. Sometimes I'll put some Oreos in there. Oh, nice. Sometimes some sprinkles. Sometimes those little uh, chocolate caramel filled ones. Mm. Sometimes the the little chocolates with the sprinkles on them. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes some gummy bears. Sometimes some cheesecake bites. All the good stuff. Yeah. I like those little, um, you know, those jelly balls that are like in bubble tea. And they have like the fruit juice inside them. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, well, obviously we have different topping preferences. <laughs> oh, wait, that's a frozen yogurt thing? Yeah. Well, it is here. Well, you brought tea up. Well, you, you know what bubble tea is, right? No idea. Okay. Bubble tea is a Japanese thing. So it's like tea, but it has like jelly balls in it. And these tiny little balls have juice and basically mm. just juice in them. I always get like a a mango or passion fruit sort of frozen yogurt and get like mango jelly balls on it. And it's like mango juice. It's great. Actually sounds pretty good. Yeah. 
shit, and I wasn't going to get frozen yogurt tonight, but now I'm thinking about it. Now you have to. Yeah. Did I really lead off with the Aquarius voice? Yes. Did I really go there? Yep. All right. And the other question was favorite animal, right? Yes. Yep. Sloth. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I was like, I'd believe that. <laughs> I'm probably dogs. Dogs? I like dogs, yeah. Any particular kind of dog? Mm, ones that like me. <laughs> Do the dogs not like you generally? No, they, they usually like me, so I like them. Well, that's yeah. right then. <laughs> yeah. I think it may have something to do with that life where I was a dog. Oh, that might have something I haven't to do seen with that it. life yet. Well, <laughs> it was a dog-ish life that I saw, but that could just be a metaphor. Hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's a mystery why dogs like me sometimes. Uh, I think they like good people, and you're a pretty good person. I was just being humble and modest. Thank you, Alan. I really appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if anyone wonders why we have all these weird questions and weirdness at the start of our episode daniel and i um we know each other pretty well so we can we can have we go way back yes lifetimes (laughs) Uh, so i guess we should explain a little bit about what you do so who is daniel and what does he do so i am daniel the past life regressionist i am well as the the second part of the name suggests i am a past life regressionist and I'm also the host of a podcast called Timeless Spirituality. Which is my favorite. Oh, Was the second part of that like, what is past life regression or? Yeah, what do you do? What do you do during past life regression? <laughs> what is past life? Go into it. Full on. Explain. It start at the beginning or, or start at the end? <laughs> Wherever you like. Wherever you like. So to me, past life regression is traveling back in time using the subconscious, superconscious mind. But it's traveling back in time to your past lives. So essentially, we all have a time machine inside of us, and how we access that time machine is through hypnosis. However, I think that the the word hypnosis scares some people because of what they believe to be the stereotypical hypnosis. It is hypnosis, but I did have it put to me beautifully by another practitioner. Her name is Tiffany, and she calls it an interactive guided meditation. So you are just going super deep. You have a full awareness of what's going on, and you are interacting with me the entire time. You're interacting with me with regards to what you're seeing. You're reporting it back to me. And then based off of what you are sharing with me is when I will say, okay, well, let's explore this a little more or let's go over here. Let's release this now. So that's what it looks like during the past life portion. And then we will go to the higher self portion after that, which is just as it sounds, speaking with your higher self. Now that that could be quite a trip. So at that point, I believe it's also about what you're most comfortable with. It could be referred to as your higher self, your subconscious, your spirit guides, Jesus, if you're more comfortable with that. Whatever it is your comfort is, that's what we'll go with. But it really, I think, boils down to just having access to a part of your brain that you don't have access to in your normal waking state. So you have a super heightened awareness at that point, and you're able to access just this wealth of information and ask it anything you want. Now, you won't always get the answer, but at that point, the higher self will give you a reason for that. And I've never had anyone be disappointed with it. Maybe a little let down, like, ah, it would have been cool, but they understand why they don't get the answers for those particular questions at that point. But most of the time you get the answers. Unless you're like me and they say no, and then I go, fuck you, tell me anyway. (laughs) Unless you're like Elle. (laughs) But you understood why, right? Yes. You might not have liked it, but you understood. Yes. So I guess, what do people find out 
during that session with higher selves most of the time? What are they looking to find out? Well, the way that I phrase it is it's your life library. It's where you can ask any question you've ever had any desire to know the answer to. Something as simple as, why do I feel like I'm not, how would I put it, where I get a weird vibe from this person? Why is it this person makes me feel this way? Why is it that I have such an affinity for Italian food? Why is it that I have these dreams? What are the meanings of these dreams? What are these dreams trying to tell me? What is my relationship going to look like with my significant other? What is my connection with my significant other? What is my connection with my children? What is my connection with my family? Why was I born into the family that I was born into? What's in store for my career? Am I in the right career? Am I on the right path? I'm just thinking of a lot of the questions I see very frequently. So it's anything. Yeah, anything they want to know. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Thank you. So, I mean, there's a lot of different practitioners out there that practice past life regression. Mm-hmm. What is the difference between your method of past life regression and, say, other people's? So I practice two methods primarily. One is called QHHT, which stands for Quantum Healing Hypnosis Technique, which was developed by Dolores Cannon. And the other method is known as BQH. Now, the beauty of BQH is that it lets you incorporate anything you want to. So if you read something in a book, you can do it. You can incorporate it into your practice. It really puts the practitioner completely in the driver's seat. And it's a matter of feeling it intuitively, which I like. I like that it gives you that freedom because I think sometimes you need to throw the book out. I think sometimes you need to trust your gut and you need to take a chance. So what's different between what I practice and other people? Not a whole lot other than sometimes I will go with my gut. I will try new things. I will dare to be bold and take the risk when I think it needs to be taken. But there are also other methods that are specific to a certain thing, such as there's this method called life between lives, which I'm not a practitioner in. And that is a method which first you see your, your old past life or your past lives, and then you go to this space. I wouldn't necessarily call it the limbo space, but it's after that incarnation or before this incarnation, and it's almost like you're going through the review process. I mean, very similar to what happens with the higher self, but it just looks different. I probably should stop speaking about it at this point because I'm not qualified to speak more on that particular method since I'm not a practitioner in it. And I've had it done for me a few times. And all I can comment on is my experience, but I also think that the experience is personal to everyone. So, yeah. Cool. And there are many other methods out there, but there are only a couple that I'm familiar with. I know what works for me, and if I see something else that looks really cool, then maybe I'll give it a try. Cool. Well, thanks for explaining. Thanks for asking. Yeah. So what do people come and have past life regression for generally? Is it just wanting to adventure into different lives, different dimensions? Is it for healing processes? What do you usually see? Yes, yes, yes. I think one of the main reasons is just sheer curiosity. The curiosity of have I lived before? If so, what have I been? Another main reason I think really is about clarity with relationships, why people feel so drawn to certain people, why they can't separate themselves from certain relationships, and they want to go see if there is a somewhat more tangible reason for why that connection is in place. And how I think past life regression can really help you in that space, let's just say if it is a toxic relationship, there's the potential that you will see that you are living this cycle out with this person. 
It's a cycle you've been on many times before, and you're acting it out again. So to me, the information that is being presented, not all the time, but most of the time, is what are you going to do with this now? Are you going to make a change? Are you going to do something different in this life than you've done in all those other lives and whatever that may be with regards to that specific relationship? It's about arming you with information in what you want to do differently. And then it's about career in many respects too. I think people come to the process to see what they were good at in past lives, to see if that's something that they can access in this life. I'm hesitant to say that that will happen, but I think we do have certain abilities that lay dormant in us and certain gifts. Just, you never know. Someone may never have picked up a paintbrush in their life. Maybe they'll find out that they were an artist and they'll give it a try and they'll see they have a knack for it. And one more though, the yeah. healing one that you brought up. Right off the bat, I have to say I'm not a doctor. I'm just a past life regressionist, so I'm not giving medical advice right now. Full disclaimer. <laughs> Full disclaimer. Some people will come to me saying, I'm having this medical issue and it can't be explained. So once everything else has been exhausted, once everything else has been eliminated, this is where I usually go with the Sherlock Holmes quote of once you've eliminated the impossible, whatever remains however improbable must be the truth. So if there's no other reasonable, logical explanation for why someone is having a physical issue, give a past life regression a try because it's possible that it may be something you're carrying over from a past life. Let's just say it was, if you're having back problems, maybe you suffered a mortal wound in that exact space where you're experiencing those issues in this life. Maybe. And there's a soul remembrance mm. of what that was like. It's not a biological remembrance, but there's something that I believe comes into your life when you're born, something that is on a much more quantum level, something that we can't see, something that at this point I don't believe science can measure. So I do believe it can be a tool for healing, not only physical, but emotional as well, because there is a release process that can take place and you can walk out feeling much lighter. Yeah, definitely. And I think sometimes even just the process of knowing and understanding why something is the way it is helps you process it and heal it so much quicker, so much better than what you would have otherwise. Exactly. So I guess I should ask... What led you into past life regression? For me, it was my own health issues. I have always been someone who's a firm believer in science. I still am to this day. Go back to when I was a kid. I always believed that there was more to the world than what met the eye. But being a product of the system, we're taught that you don't really explore those things if it can't be proven. If you can't prove it, it's not real. So I grew up a part of that system. And then I developed some health issues right before I turned 22. And I put my faith in Western medicine. And after years, Western medicine just was not providing me with anything other than broken promises and just feeling very demoralized. So me and my rigidness, I had to find myself in a place where I would allow myself to open myself up to the possibilities of exploring alternative treatments. And past life regression happened to fall in my lap at the time. And I was absolutely fascinated by the idea of it. And I still wasn't fully on board because I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, I believe that reincarnation is possible, but I don't know. And so also before I jump into what my first experience was like, I want to share with you guys one of the most valuable lessons that was ever taught to me. And it was taught to me by my astrology teacher. His name is Jim Sher, And he taught me the difference between believing and knowing. Up until he really illuminated my perspective with that topic, 
I'm sorry, right after I started to see that I was treating my beliefs as facts, except when it came to some components of past life regression. And that happened to be my first session. I went in there wanting to be cured of my health issues because from what I read, past life regression could cure your health issues. Now, I'm not saying that it can't. I have had people who have had miraculous turnarounds with certain ailments, but that wasn't the case for me. And truth be told, I'm happy that it wasn't the case for me because that would have been too simple. But what my first session did for me was it shifted my perspective to a belief. I was so moved by the experience that I became a firm believer in past lives. I didn't know that they existed, but I believed that they did. So by default, I believed in future lives as well. So as I was walking out of that first session, I quite literally said to myself, next time it could be better, it could be worse. These are the cards that I've been dealt this time. So how am I going to play them? So I no longer saw a sick person in the mirror. I saw a dude who just, you know, had to deal with shit. But my illness was no longer my identity. And that started to change things for me. And so I explored past life regression for about the next year or so. Had another couple sessions, absolutely fascinated with the process. Then I got certified. When I got certified for a few different reasons. Uh, first one off the top of my head is I wanted to make sure I wasn't being tricked. So I went through the same certification process that my past life regressionist went through. It was an experience I wanted to bring to other people too. And the only way to do that was to get certified. And also it had to do with the health stuff because I see how demoralized and toxic the advocacy community can be for health issues and just seeing how beaten down people are. So I wanted to do what I was thinking would be a 10-year case study of hopefully encountering people who had some health issues and have a deeper understanding of this process before I went ahead and presented it to the autoimmune world. I'm still a couple of years away from that, but even when I hit that 10-year mark, I don't know if I'll be ready at that point. I may need another five years, but I wanted to shake things up a bit. And also, it's just really cool to do past life regression because <laughs> you never know where anyone's going to go. That's the great thing about waking up in the morning when I have a session. I have a session tomorrow with someone. I know who they are. That's it. I have no idea what they're going to see or who they're going to be. So that's exciting for me because it's always fresh. Yeah. It's always a new journey, new adventure to be a bit of a sidekick on, kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit more about your first experience? Can you recap what you went through? What was so transformative about it, even though it didn't cure your health conditions? What about it made you just dive straight in? I had always felt like a failure. Always. Even when I knew I was succeeding at something, when I consciously knew I was, there was always a deeper feeling of failure. And then I was able to understand why. So I guess the best parallel I can give you is I was part of a village and there was somewhat of a foreign exchange program with a neighboring village. And in the village that I came from, I wouldn't necessarily be known as royalty, but maybe the equivalent of nobility, even though it was nothing like that, but in more of a place of prominence where I was not just the commoner. So when I went to this nearby village, I lived among them, but I discovered that there was, there was some bad shit going on, and I saw that it was happening back home as well. So I was being methodical about how I was going to expose it. And somehow, 
the higher ups got wind of it. And since I was in a position where people would listen to me, their solution was just to get rid of the problem. And that problem was not entirely me. I mean, there were ways that they came at me, but it was also just to take out everyone on the other end. So I ended up feeling like a failure because I ended up, I ended up stopping the person at the top, but I stopped them when it was too late. They had already pushed the proverbial button at that point and everyone had died. So they died because I wasn't quick enough. So I won, I succeeded, but I failed. Mm. So that's why, at least that's why I believe I ca- or carry that over, that feeling of failure. Even when I succeeded, I still felt like I was failing. And once I understood that in the here and now, and a release took place, I've never felt like that since that day. I taste, or I take success for what it is. It's a win. It's a success. If I fail at something, well, it's also a win because I get to learn from it. But I don't feel that just overpowering emotional burden of failure. I just see it for what it is. You move on from it. So that's really what shifted for me that first time. And And there was a lot of anger that was released from that as well, because how could you not be pissed about something like that? Mm. So I felt much lighter after that day. Yeah. And even though you obviously didn't go into the regression, achieving what you wanted to achieve, it still gave you hindsight into why you felt a certain way most of your life and how to release this and how to grow moving forward. Exactly. and. Why I'm happy that I wasn't magically cured that day is because there's been so much growth that's taken place on my part as a result of looking at things that were difficult since that first session. I mean, just things in this life. But had I been cured that day, that would have been it for me. I don't think there'd be any looking back, but I think it would have been bypassing at its core. So I didn't get what I wanted, but I got what I needed. Yeah. Can we just touch based there about bypassing sure what is spiritual bypassing to you spiritual bypassing to me i mean we could do a whole episode on this (laughs) it's placing attention on something outside of yourself because it's easier to place that attention outside of yourself instead of looking inside and it's a way of using spirituality to bypass the human experience and i'm guilty of it we all are i still do it from time to time in this life but When I came around to all of this, that whole spiritual world, oh, I was definitely guilty of it because it was easier to look outside of myself because it was painful to look inside. And I always ended up having an answer, even though that was an answer that I orchestrated in my mind to make sense of something that didn't need to make sense. I filled in the gaps where I shouldn't have. I wrote in the story where there were, where there were blank lines when I shouldn't have, I should have let it unfold naturally, but I didn't. And that's on me. However, I realized that I was wrong and I took a few steps backwards. And I lived a much more human experience from that point on. And so the way that I really spiritual bypassed was by placing importance on purpose. Because when I came around all this, you know, you hear all this bullshit out there about you're here to save the world, you have to place the level of consciousness of the humanity of Gaia and <laughs> you know, this and that and I'm trying really hard not to mimic this rant that I went on in a future episode of my (laughs) podcast. It was very colorful. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Very colorful. (laughs) But whenever I see those things now, I have to ask myself, what's really going on here? 
even in my life now, when things pop up, naturally, I'm going to default to past life connections to find a tangible explanation for why something is unfolding the way that it is. But I let myself go there for a second, and then I don't put any importance on it. I focus on the here and now. And it's more painful to look at it that way because it's much easier to look at, oh, this is a past life connection playing itself out, and that's all that it is. It's just an old thing playing itself out. I don't need to do anything about it now. I just need to talk about this. If I talk about channeling and these messages that I'm getting from the Galactic Federation, this this amazing thing. By the way, I believe it's possible that there's a Galactic Federation. I'm sure you'll do a whole episode on that too, right? Not with me, because that won't go well if you do with me. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, shit. There are times in sessions where I will communicate with what I believe are intergalactic beings or interdimensional beings. I mean, shit, I've done a few episodes of it on my podcast. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in that. But the best example I can give you is if you look at my podcast and what I've done in that realm is I focus on the human side of it. When I have a person channeling, there's one in particular. Her name is Leanne and she channels what she refers to as the Galela Collective. I believe in them. I believe in her. I'm also a cynic at my core, <laughs> but I believe in her. And I felt them out and I believe in it. Not because I want to. I, I can't discount it. But when I ask the questions, I'm really asking the human questions about the human experience. Because if I'm focusing on, of course, are there some universal questions in there? Yeah. Am I naturally curious? Yeah. But I am going to ask the hard questions. And I'm going to challenge them, which I don't look at it as a matter of bowing down. Now, how does this factor into spiritual bypassing? When you look out there in the channeling world or the spiritual new age world, there are a lot of people who put these collectives or beings, you know, the Arcturians, the Palladians, the, the Syrians, the Lyrians, the blah, 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 and a hierarchy and the Galactic Council sits above them the and they're village. the supreme yeah. commanders of this. And <laughs> I heard some motherfucker named Commander Ashtar or something. Fuck, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but it's placing these beings on pedestals because it's something that's outside of yourself and, and these beings are giving us messages because they're going to save us. Like, I hate to break it to you, no one's going to save us. We have to save ourselves. Now, that's also the reason why I believe in someone like Leanne and the Galela Collective is because their message is all about being here and looking inwards. Like I was saying with the challenge in them, I challenge the shit out of them and they're okay with it. They don't tell me no or bow down. They say, we like it when you challenge us. We it's like it when you don't them. treat us yeah, above. Like, yeah, because <laughs> it's not about a hierarchy. And I believe we all should question things. I mean, shit, everyone listening right now, question the shit out of me. Don't just blindly believe these things that I'm saying. If they don't resonate with you, they don't resonate with you. I just got lucky getting the handle the past life regressionist. It doesn't mean that I'm better than other past life regressionists. It doesn't mean that I'm worse than other past life regressionists. I'm just different. But don't just blindly believe me because I have that title or at least that branding title. It's not anointed or you know what I mean with that. <laughs> But that doesn't make me an authority because the difference between me and someone listening to this who's not a past life regressionist is I just may be around this a little bit more than they are. But that also swings back around to belief and knowing. These things that I'm saying, these are all just beliefs. They're not facts. My view on spiritual bypassing, those are my beliefs. They're not factual. I could be wrong here. I'm probably not, but I could be. <laughs> I do allow that possibility. So that's 
to me what spiritual bypassing is, is just placing something on a higher pedestal than it should be placed on. And even with something like past life regression, just to swing it back there, something that I seem that I believe can be very toxic is is seeing, like, I mean, we could go, in, go into the twin flame thing, which I'm not a fan of. But if you see someone as a spouse in a past life, it doesn't mean that you're meant to live happily ever after with that person in this life. I mean, even as Elle and I have discovered, there are roles that we've been in each other's lives that are not the same as they are now. And I would not We are not going to be in those roles. Yeah, <laughs> in this life. We're not meant to. But just because it was that way then, it doesn't mean that it's going to be this way now. So I bring that up for the bypassing component because some people may become so attached to a, oh, well, this past life reader or this twin flame reader told me that this person is my karmic lost lover and we're meant to you know, fornicate in, in, in harmony with the world <laughs> and up-level consciousness. Again, I, I don't have my new age lingo down to a T. It's just an amalgamation of a lot of the shit that I see out there. <laughs> so I really do need to develop a better character, though. But to me, that's the bypassing in the past life component. Of course, if you do a session with me, if you see that person in a past life, I will lovingly say to you, just because you saw that dynamic then, it doesn't mean that that's the way that's going to be now. But that doesn't only go for the whole twin flame, soulmate, lost love thing. That's also if someone did something bad to you in a past life. I will say the same thing. Just because that happened then, that doesn't mean that it's going to happen now. Sure, that may be a fragment of that person, but that's not the person now. So don't hold it against them. If they're doing the same shit, hold it against them. But (laughs) if they're not, then don't make something out of it that it's not. Don't place an importance outside of the here and now. It's about now. It's like when people say to me before a session, what if I see something that I can't unsee? What if I did something so horrific? Say, I don't care. It's who you were then. It's not who you are now. Hell, I don't care what you did yesterday. I care who you are right now. So that's what it's about. You know, it's the bypassing component of being outside of the here and now and placing importance outside of yourself. Look inwards. Don't be a little bitch. (laughs) And if you did care about that stuff, obviously we would not be friends because being Jewish and me being a Nazi in a past life, that does not mix. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Me being a Jewish in this life and you being a Nazi in a past life. And, yeah. And, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when that came up in Elle's session, she was more torn up than I was. I was just like, oh no, you're, you're just Elle. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, And also, I my comment there about don't be a little bitch, that came off as a little harsh. It's okay. It's not always easy to look inside. So... I want to have compassion for your situation. I guess a lot of my frustration just comes from people who rope other people in mm. and and don't do the work themselves. From my experience as well, is a lot of the time it's based around fear. It's people oh, yeah. scared of the pain and the trauma to go back and revisit these things or process these things. When In this life? Yeah, in this life. In your current incarnation. When in reality, like, not all growth or not all, I don't want to say healing, processing has to be traumatic. No. You don't have to go through the depths of hell to get back to processing your shit in this life. Mm-hmm. I mean, even for you going through your first past life regression and going through that experience, coming out the other side and being like, okay, this is why I feel this way. 
it wasn't a super scary experience for you, was it? No. No, definitely not. It's just going through that. It's just facing that fear of like, hey, however bad I think it's going to be, it's never going to be that bad. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a good example with past lives and how it relates to the current life. Mm-hmm. And this only came up, only back up a little further on that one. I, I do firmly believe you will only be shown what you can handle. Mm. And I thought I was a fucking pro at the beginning <laughs> when I started going through the past life regression process, not as a practitioner, but as someone who went through it, I thought I could handle anything. And I, I, was, getting, I was getting softballs. I was getting underhand softballs that were just being lobbed to me. Because the truth is I couldn't handle anything at that point because there were things I needed to address in the here and now that I wasn't because I was, I was too afraid to. So I placed that importance outside of myself and looked at other things. After about four years of my own personal regressions, that's when I started to see the really horrific things that have happened to me in past lives. But I'd also really started doing the work on myself at that point. It had been about two and a half years since I really reeled myself in from my full spiritual bypassing, of course, along the way. It wasn't like it just went away overnight. <laughs> but I started to look at the things in my life now that were difficult to look at. So then my higher self started showing me some deeper shit. Then about two years after that is when I started to see myself in the role of horrific perpetrator. But it was fine. I could handle it. But I saw issues of control at play there. Of course, nothing like what I'm doing now. But what I had to do at that point was I could handle that and seeing those things because I'm, I'm at this point now, I'm like, look, I don't need to carry around guilt for that because I've probably lived 100 incarnations since then. Mm. I've probably made up for it. And if I haven't, I'm doing the best I can now. But what I had to sit with is this is coming up for a reason. Since I'm not a, like, you know, just a horrific jungle dictator <laughs> walking around beating people. What are the correlations to my life now? And that's where the discomfort came is because I had to ask myself, where am I being controlling in this life? Where am I having issues with control? Not only control that I'm exerting, but being controlled. So that's what came up for me. And fortunately, I found myself in a place where I can do that now, where I can sit with that. It's not fun. It's not fun at all. And it's constantly being reflected back at me. But I could have made the choice also to have it stop there after that regression and say, okay, that was the extent of it. I was shown what I did in the past life so I could understand what happened in the past life, period. But I would have been bypassing at that point. Mm. But I also think it would have been okay because that was a choice that I made not to bypass. So, yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's power of free will. You can do what you want with the information that you find. It's up to you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Past life Nazi. <laughs> but Elle did say that when she comes out to LA, she would buy me frozen yogurt to make up for it. I'm like, okay, well, we're good then. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. angry before, <laughs> but if it'll get me frozen yogurt, I'm fucking pissed now. <laughs> Just so you can make it better. I'll, I'll stick to that. I'll stick to that. <laughs> you better. You don't want me going back on that being pissed off that you it's were the Nazi least to I can do. Least I can do. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, I don't think I was Jewish in a past life. Well, at least in my most immediate one in a linear time sense. But again, that's that's the conversation about time. <laughs> so I, I wasn't even Jewish at the time. I was a real piece of shit at that time, though. I can tell you that. <laughs> I wasn't a Nazi, but I was a different kind of piece of shit. That's a whole other story. Different categories of 
of shitty people. <laughs> I look like a fucking clown in that life. I wasn't a clown, but I, I could have passed this one if I put some makeup on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't like that guy. So being a past life regressionist, that's kind of an unusual profession. Yeah. What did you do before being a past life regressionist? I dealt with my health. I found myself. That was the beauty of also having that time. Is I got to find what I was good at. Mm. You know, I I picked up the guitar for the first time through my health struggles. I started storytelling. I went to school for TV writing. And I worked on myself in the intellectual sense. I think the more emotional stuff came down the line. But I was also very fortunate that I was in a position where I had a good support system. You know, not everyone is as fortunate as I am. I was very lucky. And I still am to this day. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing is if your body is restricted to something, then what else can you do besides turn to your mind and turn inwards? Mm-hmm. All part of your initiation. <laughs> I can't tell you that I never would have found past life regression had I not gotten ill, but I'm pretty confident that it took that that time and that experience to push me to a place where I would even open myself up to it. Mm. So I think everything does happen for a reason. And speaking of support systems, do you ever experience any sort of stigma from friends and family because of your career choice? Yes. It doesn't bother me the way that it used to. For the most part, my family is very supportive of what I do. I don't think they really understand what I do, but <laughs> they're supportive nonetheless. I have friends who take jabs at me for it, but it's more amusing to me at this point than anything. <laughs> and. I just, I don't care because I like what I'm doing. That's more than most of them can say. Yeah. You know, it's not all of them, but most of them. And look, some of the jabs are funny. I had a buddy, I reached out to him, a guy I've known for, I mean, over 15 years. And I love the guy. I just reached out, hey, how you doing? You know, we haven't talked in a couple months. What's going on? How are you doing? And he texted me back, was I Hitler in a past life? <laughs> I said, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> and he says to me, well, tell me. This is what you do. I'm like, that's not the way that it works. <laughs> I'm thinking, how many times do I need to tell him what it is that I do? But, uh, you know, it's those little jabs. But that would have crushed me at the beginning. But I just don't care now. And I'm in a quick story about something that happened with family about five months ago, I think, five or six months ago. Uh, had some family in from out of town, family that we didn't see that often, and uh, had a really intellectual conversation with this particular cousin. His cousin's a bit older than I am, really smart guy, and he's a, he's a prosecutor. And at the end of the night, he comes and throws his arm around me as I'm walking out, and he says to me, I want you to know that no one put me up to what I'm about to say. I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be good. And he says to me, I really think that you should consider getting a more conventional job. I think you should go to law school. I think you'd be a great lawyer. And I just looked at him and I said, you lost me at conventional. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I left. And when I got in my car, I started laughing. And the thing is, I know that no one put him up to that because they would have said something to me at this point, the rest of the family. But that would have crushed me a few years ago. At the beginning of all this, if one of my family members said that to me, I'd be like, they think I'm a joke. My family doesn't support me. But it, it came at a time when I didn't, I was, I was like, that was, that was pretty amusing, actually. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually amused by it. Like, he thinks I'm going to go to law school. Yeah, I'd be a hell of a lawyer. But 
No, that's it's fucking boring. For lawyers out there who enjoy it, my hat's off to you. But it's just not my jam. Hmm. And uh, I do encounter people still to this day who are absolutely repulsed when I tell them what I do. But it's more about them than it is about me. I don't take it personally anymore. I used to. But now it's just, it's not personal. So I don't feel like I'm being attacked. And if anything, it, it just, it, there are some great stories that I have as a result of, of those encounters. And, and those are priceless. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people, it's just a lack of understanding. It's just ignorance. It's just mm-hmm. being uneducated. And yeah. finding someone who does work in that line of work may actually open their minds to something that they never would have experienced otherwise. Exactly. And it's not about what other people think you should be doing. <laughs> it's always about what you feel you should be doing and whether it makes you happy. And frankly, if I'm going to point fingers right now, I will point them at the spiritual bypassers, the other practitioners who are the spiritual bypassers, because I'm, and I'm saying this right now, because for anyone listening, I know I may not be your flavor. I, I know, I believe, I don't know, I believe <laughs> that you may be very interested by the things that we're talking about right now, but just realize that I'm, I'm not your person because of how I'm coming off and that's okay. But I'm also saying these things. So when you're looking for a practitioner, Take these things into consideration. Look at the people who are placing importance upon upon these things outside of themselves. Keep an eye out for the people who tell you that they are going to cure you or that you will be magically healed just by them snapping their fingers. Yeah. Keep an eye out for that. Look for the real ones. Look for the ones who are going to tell you, no, don't you dare come in with that expectation. So when I say pointing the finger at the bypassers, that's, that's what I'm referring to of when I bring these things up to the people who are repulsed, I think in their minds, they automatically associate me with those people. Mm. They associate, I don't know if you guys had Miss Cleo over there back um. in the day. Maybe even been a couple years before your time, Auntie L. Uh, <laughs> over in the States, we had this woman named Miss Cleo who, I don't know, she, she was a scam artist. And she gave the entire community a bad name. And look, there are grifters in every business. But it just so happens that the people who are grifters, who are healers, look really fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> they stand out like a sore thumb. So that's what I do take issue with, is the people who make us look bad. Yeah. All healing is self-healing. If you're not willing to help yourself, how do you expect us to help you? You know, we mm-hmm. just facilitate a space or we just ask questions. <laughs> If you're not willing to do the work, there's nothing that we can do for you. Yeah, we're not fucking miracle workers. No. <laughs> How was that for unprofessionally like that? <laughs> I do. It was good. <laughs> am I doing well, Auntie L? Am I, am I doing okay? So, uh, By the way, so she's Auntie L because she was Auntie L in a past life. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where that comes from. We'll have to do a, an explanation on that in another episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. But... Also, being a male in this industry, that's not as common as you would like. Mm -hmm. But do you experience discrimination in the field and the community because of your gender? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think it's overt. Well, I mean, there are times that for whatever reason, a female client will end up saying to me, you know, I think I'd just, I think I'd feel more comfortable working with a female practitioner. And I totally understand that. I don't take that as a personal insult or anything because there is a level of vulnerability there and you really do need to trust someone when you go into this space. Mm. 
and it's stuff like that. But that's that's okay. Um, I have been attacked as being part of the white male patriarchy as well. I found that one amusing. <laughs> um, I mean, just someone who who attacked me for this, saying that I didn't work with people of color when <laughs> when I just if I would told you the podcast they found me on. Uh, <laughs> was a person of color who was a client of mine so i think there's there's a certain level of projection that takes place at times as well Mm. when like at my core i'm a feminist i am i know that's an ugly word these days but if i think or i think if anyone goes and actually looks up what the definition of a feminist is you'll see that it's not ugly at all it simply means believing that women should have equal rights Mm. that's it no i'm totally an advocate of that we appreciate that. Well, thank you. But I understand if a lot of that hatred is projected onto me. That's justifiable in the bigger sense, but not on a personal level. Mm. Um, I do feel alone, though, as a male practitioner. I do. But I think that's also okay because I think I've told you this, and I know I mentioned it on my podcast. When I look at my demographic breakdowns, my audience is 90% female, at least on Instagram. My demographic breakdowns for Spotify is 75% female. But when I'm out here speaking right now, I'm not speaking to the females who are listening because you're already in. You already want to listen to Elle or whoever she's going to bring on. I'm speaking to your boyfriend, your husband, because one of the things I hear so frequently from my female clients, which are the overwhelming majority of my clients, (laughs) (laughs) I have guys sign up for a session. I'm like, yes, I got a dude. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I hear how how they wish that their husbands or boyfriends would be more supportive of their spiritual beliefs and that they would partake in them more, that they wouldn't call them stupid or crazy for the beliefs that they hold, that they could talk about these things. So I do want to get more men in the fold. I do want to reach your boyfriends or husbands, not necessarily for a session. Of course, I would love if they would come and do a session with me. But I want you guys to have that experience with each other. I want them to understand you on a deeper level and then you feel seen and understood. So in a weird way, I don't know. I also feel like I'm, I'm really alone in that one. It breaks my heart because, look, I'm not perfect. I'm far from it. But I do want to do the right thing. But I don't always see the guys out there doing the right thing. Mm. I see a lot of the men out there projecting their wounds in a way that doesn't look like they're projecting their wounds. Yeah. You know, it's it's big penis syndrome, which means they have a small one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Metaphorically speaking, I don't know how big their penis is. I don't know if they're angry about it. Why well, I should not have talked about that. Uh, also, there's there's a lot of subtext in the things that I say. I don't say things overtly. Because what I'm, I'm really trying to do is try to nail a point home for a lot of people. Just, just know, know what to look out for. You know, trust your gut with certain things. Yeah. Just back to that thing that I was talking about a moment ago with L. There was a moment with someone I didn't fully trust my gut, or I did trust my gut. I did trust it, right? I did trust it on you that did. one. Yeah. But I questioned my gut after the fact, and then L reaffirmed it for me that she felt the same way. So. It was a good thing we both trusted our gut. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And if I'm honest, like when you were first recommended to me as a practitioner, I was so fucking excited because I was like, oh my God, it's a guy. 
<laughs> I was like, it is always like these snotty nosed women <laughs> that are like, if you just breathe and exhale and inhale. And I'm like, I can't handle that. I cannot handle that. <laughs> oh my God. If you ever hear me talking like that, just, I mean, look, I do the breathe in, breathe out thing at the beginning of this, but I ain't like that. But just, God, Elle, if I ever become one of those people, I've said this to a couple other people, but I, I'll say it to you too, because I, I need to be kept in check. I'll buy you a ticket out here and you can just slam my head into a drawer or something. <laughs> but you know, here's the other thing. I, if I'm, you brought up a good point there. I don't think it's only about discrimination though. Mm. I think it plays to my benefit as well Yeah. because there aren't many male practitioners. So it, look, it goes both ways. It ain't black and white. Pros uh, and cons. I, yeah. <laughs> It it does play to my benefit. So thank you for bringing that up so I didn't just sound all doom and gloom there. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad that you like that. Yeah, when you were first recommended to me, I was like, oh, it's a guy. You don't see many guys out here doing this sort of stuff because, I don't know, no offense to any guys listening, but it's difficult to find men in this industry who are grounded, who are not full of shit <laughs> and are authentic and doing what they preach. So mm -hmm. I found that really important. And when you were first recommended to me, I was a bit like, oh, is he just stereotypical guy though? And being like, yeah, I can heal everyone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as I started looking into you and, you know, your podcast looked into your Instagram and your website and was like, okay, I get a feel of what he's doing how he portrays himself and this resonates with me he's not that stereotypical i can heal everyone he's like no <laughs> this is how it is we'll do what you're comfortable with and that's it mm -hmm. and i just appreciated that so much and resonated so much that i was like yeah he's the practitioner for me any other women that were on my radar although they were great practitioners they just didn't resonate with me as much as what you did well, thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm I'm glad you went for it because I've got a good anti-L out of it. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, you know, even as a practitioner, I'm still continuously learning along the way. As we're recording this, was this in late 2022? I've been a practitioner for six years. I started in 2016. I know what I know as a practitioner of six years. I know what I don't know, which is, there's not much that I know. But what I'm learning more and more every day is I am not Superman. You know, I, I'm confident in my abilities to deliver, but it's not always about my abilities in delivering. It's about meeting you where you're ready to go. And look, I'm saying this for two reasons right now. One, because I'm just being real with you guys. But the other one still is keep an eye on those things. Keep an eye on those practitioners who present themselves as unstoppable. This isn't just past life regression. This is any modality. Keep an eye on it. Yeah. You know, it's my ego was much more at play in my practice in earlier in earlier years. And I think it's subsiding more and more every day. I'm getting much better at that. And I think it's also making me a more effective practitioner because I'm not working as hard as I was before. Because I did have this mentality of if this look, here was something that I heard in in a, in a certification program, I won't say which one it was. We we're told that if a, or if a session is a failure, it's on the practitioner. 
And when I heard this, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> the fuck does that even mean? What? What? Why is it my fault if I'm doing the same thing every time? Would I put the blame on the client? No. But why the fuck is it my fault? If someone comes in with their fucking arms crossed, oh, you're not going to heal me. I ain't going to heal. I'm not going to. I'm just going to close my eyes and everything's going to be taken care of. I don't need to talk. <laughs> that shit ain't on me. However, a few years ago, my mentality was, oh, I can make this work. Oh, I can do this. And you know what I did? But I was working way too hard. But what stripping away that mentality did for me was it also brought a softer edge with everything that I was doing. Mm. Because I wasn't coming in with that mentality of, I can do this. Your first session, look, I probably would have approached it the same way as I would have a couple of years ago. But I also really went in from a place of, I'm meeting her where she's at. And like it was, it was where you're at. That's all that matters. If it takes you time to get there, it's okay. I don't need to get you to that place in five minutes. If it takes you 10, it's fine. If it takes you the entire session, it's fine. If it doesn't happen, it's fine. It's wherever you want to go. And, you know, that's, that's what I'm learning more and more along the way. And it's making my sessions much better because I'm not as exhausted. Yeah. You know, like I, I make it very clear to everyone at the beginning, do not come in here with expectations. Expectations yeah, we still always get in the do. way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, naturally, everyone's, I understand. It's always funny when someone says to me, oh, I understand what you meant when you said don't have expectations. I'm like, why does no one ever listen to me? <laughs> I don't just say this for my health. I just say it because it's the case. It's never going to be what you think it is, which is true. Yeah. Whatever you think a past life regression is going to be, I can promise you it won't be that. It's never going to be what you think it's going to be. And even if you've had one and you have another one, it's not going to be what you think it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> hmm Someone tells me, oh, I've read this many books. I'm like, oh, fuck. They really have an idea of how they think it's going to be. <laughs> and when that expectation is not met, they're going to feel like a failure that they're doing it wrong. So I'm going to spend an extra amount of time just trying to tell them. It's not going to be what you think. There are a lot of potato sessions. Yeah, You know the potato session expression, right? Yeah. So a potato session is what Dolores Cannon refers to as a session that's just, it's a fucking dud. Now, a dud doesn't mean that there's nothing accomplished. It just means it's not spectacular mm. with multiple dimensional beings and life on other planets. Or, you know, be, it's, it's a potato farmer because most people throughout history were just getting by. So that's what most lives are. And, and with the people who read the books, they don't put many of those lives in the books, the potato farmer lives, because it's boring as shit to read. Yeah. Those are some of my favorite sessions as a practitioner, though, because it's where the real heart of everything is. Because that's, that's where the movement is. It's what people are carrying around from those lives when they're potato farmers. The heartbreak of their wife dying prematurely or of a child passing away from some disease because modern medicine could have saved them if it was there, but it wasn't because it was 700 years ago. Yeah. That's where the, the heart of it is. So, And I think it's also with that of not working too hard. So I'm going to make it very clear at the beginning here that it's not going to be a story out of a book. It's not. I'm sorry. Very, very highly unlikely that that will be one of your sessions. And even if it is, what did you fucking do? You want me to bow down to you because you were an intergalactic priestess? Okay, but I'm not going to. 
you know, it's, it's those things of setting that expectation. And uh, if it's not met and someone's trying to direct the session in that way, that's not my fault. Not yeah. at all. Get ready for it, Elle. <laughs> <laughs> I already get people at me going, tell me what royalty I was. And I'm like, you don't. No, that's not how that's not how this works and you don't want to be royalty, trust me. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Like, why the fuck do you want to be royalty? Then I remember, oh, they're not in my position. Yeah. They don't see people going back to past lives where they're royalty because those are some miserable motherfuckers. Right? Those rare lives where they're happy. I'm like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Wait. This is a life of royalty and they're happy? What the fuck is going on? Cause seriously. Most times when someone goes back to a life of royalty, they are the worst lives ever. They are horrible lives. I would never want to be one of those people. No. Just the, it's, they may live up in the castle, but they are held prisoner more than anyone in the kingdom, even the people who are in the dungeon. The people in the dungeon may be in filthier conditions, but their life, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to say it, their lives may be better than the actual royalty themselves. Yeah. And I'm not advocating that, you know, that that's a good life to live, living in a dungeon. But so anyone listening also, if you want to do a past life regression to find out when you were royalty, my question is, why? <laughs> you don't even know what that means. Right? It's, it's not about the glitz and the glam. Mm-mm. So many people think it is. It's, it's really not. It's really <laughs> not. <laughs> there was an episode of my podcast where I had one person talk about a life that they were royalty and how she wasn't even able to pick out her clothes. Mm-hmm. She had no freedom in that life whatsoever. So the fact that she was able to pick out her clothes in, in this current incarnation, that's that's a win. Yeah. So all all that get up that you see in royalty, they, they're probably not even picking it out. It's being chosen and selected for them. So... Sure, if you want to pay a couple hundred bucks to find out that you were royalty and you lived a life like that, yeah, you can do it. You're going to be disappointed, but sure, yeah, send me a message or send Elle a message. We'll, we'll help you out, and then when you come out, see? see? Told you. Got what you wanted. <laughs> Not what you thought it would be because you came in with expectations. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's my two cents. <laughs> I mean, if you think about even our lives today, most of our lives are pretty mundane. It's just day-to-day shit. The fuck are you talking about? Like. <laughs> I'm a fucking past life regressionist. I'm talking about average people, not us, clearly. I mean. <laughs> oh, you sim- I'm not an average personnel? Is that what you're saying, Auntie L? <laughs> yes, yes. Time Lord, of course. Bow down. Stop. <laughs> you're not putting me on a pedestal. That's only on my podcast where that expression gets thrown around, not by me. Unless if I'm asked point blank, there was an intergalactic collective that called me Time Lord. I'm just repeating what they said. Now we just kind of take the piss about it. Yeah. People kind of give me shit for that now. Yeah. Now they're just mocking me. That was totally their intention, though. Yeah. Just like, we just need to knock him down a few pegs. Let's. We're going to fuck with him by propping up his ego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. So, but those are the good ones. Those are the good collectives in my mind. I mean, I don't know if there's a good or bad collective, but the ones who fuck with you in that way, in a very lighthearted way, where it's not all just 
you're amazing. It's like, oh, we're going to take jabs at you. We're going to find a way to fuck with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, bring it on, motherfuckers. I can't see you, but I know you're there. And you tell me something, I'm going to push back then. Yeah. It's Episodes part of the fun. 33 and 34 of Timeless Spirituality, I think, were the Galila Collective episodes. May have been 32 and 33. Um, I, I actually don't know. It was somewhere in there. I swear, the day is going to come when someone who listens to the show is going to know the show better than I do. Mm. You know, when uh, like watching TV show panels or whatever, or conventions, where you have these mega fans who are just schooling the creators with all the facts, <laughs> like, like, damn, you know the show better than I do. I've produced every episode. Written every- like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's good episodes, though. I like the Glayla ones. They are. They're so good. And Leanne yeah. is so good. Yeah, she's amazing. Also, a semi-Galela collective episode was episode 42, 60, The Purpose of Being Human. Mm. But I take a lot of shots at the Galela collective in that one. <laughs> so, they weren't there for that one. But I had yeah. some uh, some nice things to say about them. You're all tough when they can't respond. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? What are you tough when they can't respond? Did you hear, was it part two? of the, When I was like, nope. I'm going to need more than that from you guys. <laughs> well, that was a bullshit answer. No, actually, that was what I said in the last episode. The last <laughs> one when they weren't there. You're right. But no, I, I pressed them. I pressed them, though, when they were there. You did. Now, when they're there, it's when they're coming through Leanne. Mm. So it's Leanne there. They're not physically there, but just want to paint that picture for everyone. So I'm sitting there yelling at Leanne. Not really, but like, you tell them. <laughs> <laughs> she takes it. They can't hard. talk to me that way. Yeah. She's a really good sport about it. <laughs> I don't like them. Like those motherfuckers. Yeah. Pushing you out of your yeah. comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah, they, they are. placements. I have four of them. <laughs> Got a lot of fixed energy in my chart. So I'm always thinking about food too. Mm. You'll be proud though. That last episode that I recorded with Leanne, the one that hasn't aired yet. I mean, yeah, pro- even at, of the airing of this episode today, it probably won't air by that point. I use non-food examples. Oh, my God. I think. <laughs> that is amazing. You always talk about food. I always talk about food. Yeah, those are always the examples I bring up. Mm-hmm. And then Leanne kept saying juicy. I'm like, Leanne, whenever you bring up the word juicy, I'm going to think of a, a burger. <laughs> <laughs> it's food related. <laughs> Leanne uses that word juicy a lot. It's really cool when she uses it. But then after I brought that up during the episode... She was about to use it. She caught herself. <laughs> and I'm like, please use it. I don't want to prohibit you from using the word juicy. She's like, okay, okay, okay. You know, I'm going to use the word juicy. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Book a session with the Galela Collective. Leanne and the Galela Collective. It's, uh, it's yes. quite an experience. Definitely. I'll book a session with either L or I first, though. Leanne can take our sloppy thirds. <laughs> was that wrong? Should I not have said that? You wanted unprofessional. No, it's all good. All good. Have you ever seen Seinfeld? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Duh. <laughs> yeah. So like that, I think, was that wrong? Should I not have said that? I took that from the episode. My my inspiration, not taken from it, but the inspiration was the episode when George gets fired for having sex with the with the cleaning woman for his office. And he got called into his boss's office and the boss was questioning him about it. And George says, was that wrong? <laughs> Should I not have done that? <laughs> It's one of my favorite lines in that show. Was that wrong? Should I not have done that? 
that's where my inspiration came for that. It's actually weird that you bring that up because I started like rewatching Seinfeld <laughs> recently. Does that make me less spiritual for talking about that? For no. talking about Seinfeld? No. Should I be talking about Gaia? Gaia TV? Would that make me more spiritual? Maybe. I don't know. But what do you say? Even brushing your teeth can be a spiritual experience, right? I've said that a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> I I met one person. This well, let's call him a spiritual practitioner. I met him in person. And we were having a conversation about guitar. And like we I play guitar and, and he did as well. And uh <laughs> I won't give any identifying details or anything like that. But it was it was at a an outdoor thing and this person posted themselves up in a place where they were out of view but visible and they brought the guitar over like just far enough where they they weren't right there but where they could still be heard playing I'm like this pretentious motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> like that used to be my move <laughs> and so i went over like the other thing where with the whole uh even with the stigma question one of the things that surprises people when i tell them what i do is i don't fit the mold of what you think a person yeah. like me would look like. Me either. Right, like as we're recording this right now, I'm wearing a pair of basketball shorts. I've got a t-shirt on. I'm wearing a backwards baseball cap. When I'm out, I'm not dressing that different. I may be wearing a pair of jeans and a t-shirt. So when I tell someone I'm a past life regression, it's like, what? You don't look like that. Why? Because I'm not wearing a crown of crystals. <laughs> yeah. I'm not wa- wearing around or walking around in hemp. Uh, so... You know, like this particular event, still same thing. I'm wearing a pair of Dicky or Volcom shorts and a t-shirt, and badass. This, this person is dressed like you would expect in that situation, wearing hemp, like the, the Very hemp gypsy shirt. Boho vibes. Yeah, yeah, with the cutoff sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> so I go sit down with him and uh, just like saying, like, how long you been playing? He's like, you know, I started playing a couple years ago, and then. I put it away for a while and I just rediscovered it again and I just love it so much. It just gets me so in tune with the earth and Gaia, just so plugged in. This is what this guitar does for me. I'm like, this was my internal dialogue. I'm like, is this fucker getting horny over a piece of wood right now? (laughs) (laughs) What? There's some brass strings in wood. It ain't going to get you off, dude. I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. What kind of music do you play? And he's like, you know, really spiritual stuff. It's stuff that I like to play at ceremonies and events. The mother Gaia music. How many motherfucking times is this guy going to say motherfucking Gaia? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, they get that. that's cool, man. That's cool. That's cool. He's like, you play. I'm like, yeah, I've been, I've been playing for a couple of years. Oh, yeah. How long? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, 15 years. He's <laughs> like, oh, you want to play right now? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, sure, I'll play. <laughs> so he hands me the guitar, and uh, I start singing. I start plucking a few strings. I'm like, when I walk on by, girls be looking like damn fly. <laughs> Up him to the beat, walking down the street, and my new the freak, yeah. And I'll just skip ahead to the chorus right now. I'm sexy and I know it. <laughs> so I just, I got such a kick out of that, because I'm like, dude, who the fuck do you think you're fooling right now? Like this act that you're putting on. What what is wrong with you? Because that's the thing. It was an act. 
This thing was totally an act. Look, I've met people like that who are the real deal, who their life really is all about that. And you know what? When I meet them and they present that, I'm like, you know what? That's really cool. I may not be on the same page as you are, but that's really cool that you really feel that connection and that that's the kind of thing you want to do. I really admire that. But that was just a bunch of fucking bullshit that he was popping on my lap. Yeah. So <laughs> I had fun doing that. I had fun going in there and be like, all right, motherfucker, you're going to talk like that? I'm going to fucking play sexy and I know it. <laughs> I don't need to prove shit to you. Is this your way of trying to prove to me that you're more spiritual than me? Because at this point, he knew what I did for work. Mm. So like, you're trying to, you want to get in that pissing competition with me? Fine. Have fun. <laughs> you're going to be fucking tapped out because I'm not going there with you, dude. Now go smoke your shirt. <laughs> like, you really want to go there right now? The guy had a fucking tuner app on his phone, which is cool. I got one of those too. And he's tuning in 440. Now, if anyone knows anything about music and frequencies, 440 is your standard concert frequency that's been used since the 1950s. But what's being said behind that is that the standard frequency for concerts, meaning everything, used to be 432 prior to the 1950s. However, in the 1930s and 40s, I believe it was, the Nazis did experimentation with sound. And they started experimenting to see what different frequencies would do with emotions. And what they found is that the standard or the now standard frequency of 440 really brought out a sense of aggression. That's what it did. So anytime you're listening to the radio or anything in a standard frequency, even though it may be a beautiful song and you can connect with it, there's an underlying frequency of aggression there. And it was changed to 440 back in the 1950s. And that's that's the standard now. So I'm thinking, this motherfucker... He's doing earth music in the aggressive tone. Interesting. Of course, that doesn't make me better than him for knowing that or anything. But it's, you know, it's that thing of if you are really as in tune as you're presenting yourself to be, then you would pick up on things like that, Mm. even if you didn't consciously know it or even if you didn't have an intellectual understanding of frequencies, you would know something was off if you are that in tune. So that leads me to believe you're just full of shit. <laughs> there were other things that led me to believe that it wasn't just the the, the tuner app. <laughs> there was a whole experience there that was just un, unavoidable. I was so happy that I had that interaction because it's <laughs> right. It's it's like those moments that we were talking about earlier where something like that would have pissed me off years ago. But in that moment, it's like, oh, this is fucking this is beautiful. <laughs> one day I'll tell you the yogurt story. The yogurt story. Yeah, I'm going to save that one for another podcast. <laughs> okay. My favorite reaction when someone found out what I did. The all-time best. Wow. Okay. I'll it's moments like story. those where it's just material. <laughs> I'm sexy and I know it. That's what I sang. I don't always play. <laughs> Jesus, hell. It's like your go-to song. Oh my god. <laughs> you had to ask me to be unprofessional. I need to get my ass canceled. No one's gonna take me seriously. That's all right. I'll be there with you. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna have people listening to your show. Everyone will have left mine. <laughs> I know. We heard you on L's show. We don't want you you know, we don't like you anymore. We don't want to listen to you anymore. You offended us with what you said, Daniel. 
I'm sure your listeners are not like that. Well, at this part, the ones that have stuck around pretty much understand it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you pretty much know what you're getting at this point. Yeah. Although, although, <laughs> that spiritual satire episode, that will be the test. <laughs> When I see what the audience looks like the week after that, that will be the test. If I have a significant drop-off, well, it's just going to be thin in the herd. I'll be able to cut loose even more. And when I say cut loose, I mean more shit like this. Yeah. Because, I mean, there, you know, there's, there's podcast host Daniel, and there's podcast guest Daniel, or at least new podcast guest Daniel, because this has been, this has been my, my new way of being on podcast for the last six months or something, where I'm just like, oh, I don't need to be as professional as I used to be. <laughs> yeah. It's more you, though, and I like that. Well, thank you. Because my mentality right now is, look, you asked me to come on as a guest to your show, so that means you're giving me not absolute free reign to just do my thing, but but it's like you invited me. Whereas when I bring someone on the show, I really want to give them a platform. So it's about them. And even with this, I'm like, this is also about relinquishing control because the control is in your hands for how you want the show to be. So you could edit all this shit out if you wanted to. I don't think you will, but (laughs) maybe. But so that's that's why I may come across as a little more rigid Mm. on my show is because I don't want my guests to be sitting there twiddling their thumbs. And I I want them to have the floor. So I'm like, I have like a. Me being a guest is just for fair game now. And also, I asked this of you, so... <laughs> you did, yeah. Yeah. Did you think I'd go there? Um, yeah, like, I... As soon as you're like, yeah, I'm in, I'm like, okay, yeah, he's in. <laughs> as, so- as soon as I know that even if I pitch the stupidest idea, you're like, yep, yeah, I'm down. I'm like, he's in. That's fine. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's... I don't know, I... I got excited by that idea because with a lot of those old interviews that you listen to, what I what I started to feel at, at the time was I was getting into a rhythm because a lot of them really were the same. And look, also, in all transparency for everyone listening, Elle sent me a list of questions. A lot of questions she asked me today didn't appear on that question list. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but what excited me the most in the questions was after the questions when she said, and then there are going to be ones that I'm going to ask that I'm not going to tell you about. I'm like, whoa, cool. <laughs> I'm just going to get to not think about it and just answer on the spot. I'm like, cool, let's do it. <laughs> like, yeah, then you're going to get me just unfiltered more. I thought which is, I think, the way that, that it should be. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's me in a nutshell. But... I think this, I don't want to dictate to you how your show goes, but I do have to go record a really serious episode of my podcast, which is a complete 180 from this one. So was, anyone, huh? I was just about to say, I was like, is this going to be payback for my super long episode on your podcast? Yeah, I kept you there that long though. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we just shot the shit about so many different things on that one. Uh, so... Anyone who decides to go listen to my podcast after this, if, if I haven't scared you away at this point, <laughs> when you listen to episode 44, which is going to be titled The Mirror of Time for Clarity, 
just know that I recorded it right after <laughs> this episode. So I'm going to be showing up so differently. And is it different or differently? Differently. 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 I'm be showing up so differently in that episode. Be like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> so I'm getting it out of my system now. Okay. Cool. It's gonna be a tearjerker one. Uh. I do have a couple of those episodes. There are some really serious ones. Yeah. I still crack jokes in the serious ones, but <laughs> I'm gonna try not to crack any jokes in this one. Ooh. Okay. This can be super serious. Yeah. But also, like when I'm saying serious, it's not about like. It's not about death or anything like that. It's it's just a very raw episode. Seven pages raw. <laughs> Seven pages raw, yeah. I did talk about banana penis though, but I did tell you that one. Yeah. But it, it's not a, it's not in a joking way. I don't know how it will come off any other way, but I didn't mean it as a joke. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to joke. You're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I didn't make any dick jokes in there because I know you guys can see this right now, but Elle just did the sign with her hand like the... <laughs> You know, whatever. <laughs> you know the, the the hand gesture. I'm not yeah. gonna repeat it right now. What she did because it was dirty and vulgar. <laughs> but well, it wasn't just banana penis. It was banana penis, comma grease is the word. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's funny now, but it's really not funny the way that it's used. Again, I I wonder how any time banana penis grease is the word is used cannot be funny. I found a way, though. All right. Well, we'll, we'll yeah. find out. <laughs> I was like, all right, shut the fuck up now. <laughs> shut the fuck up and go. Get off my fucking podcast. Now, Every Daniel. time we talk, my face always hurts so much from laughing. I'm like, I can't smile anymore. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> well, okay. I'm going to shut up now and let you do your thing. <laughs> so if people want to work with you, where can they find you? Do you think they still do? <laughs> There'd be some crazy people out there, I'm sure. When she says crazy, she means crazy cool. Yeah. Not And not lame. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Uh, if you don't want to work with me, I'm not saying you're lame. I understand. I'm not. <laughs> I'm an acquired taste. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so you can find me on Instagram at The Past Life Regressionist. My website is thepastliferegressionist.com. I'm building a TikTok out a little bit, The Past Life Regressionist. And... My podcast is Timeless Spirituality. Which everyone, please go listen to. It's my favorite. Oh, thank you, Auntie L. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Can I come back again? Oh, always. Cool. <laughs> well, this is your Earthside Spirit Guide signing off for the week. If you'd like to know more about how you can work with me, you can follow me on Instagram at l.embers. Or visit my website, lembers.com. Fellow time travelers, your journey through time awaits you. Just want to thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. And if you're interested in discovering who, when, and where you have been throughout time, and you'd like to book a session with me, just go ahead and send me a message on Instagram at the Past Life Regressionist, or you can reach me through my website, yourpastliferegressionist.com. <laughs>